Hey, you're about to listen to Trek Off, but before you do, I wanted to let you know that there is another podcast called Totally Super, where we review every superhero movie ever made. It's me and my buddy Arthur. We go through the Batman movies, the X-Men movies, the Avengers movies, movies like The Crow and Dr. Horrible and more. So please, while you're listening to this, hop over to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and subscribe to Totally Super. Okay, here's Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alex. And today we're going to talk about Star Trek. Yes, we are. But first I have a news article to weigh in. It's it's about it's about police actually brutalizing COVID. Um, I don't know which side to be on. Wait, what? I know. I also have. I have. Uh, let's see. How can I, you I, brutalize a, a virus? I, no, is, my, my. This sounds see, that intriguing was, as fuck. It, it was. It, it was. A, yes, it was. Um, because because uh, COVID was wearing a mask and and the. I don't know. I'm making a joke about how how there's so much going on and it's hard Ow. to remember. Did that I there's, t- star, <laughs> there's Star Trek too. And um and so that, that, um, I don't know if I ever told you like at some point Mr. A came in and he was like did you know there that there was like word on the interwebs that there was a like football sized asteroid headed for Earth for a brief period of time and for somehow yeah no some, it it just some it just it changed trajectory it, it just won like, the primary no. <laughs> And I'm just like, wow. I'll like, vote for it. <laughs> we are in the like the like the fucked timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's there, like you know, it's, pandemic, so, it's so funny. There was a there, you know somebody posted a horrible picture of racial Dr. injustice causing <sighs> you know protests and police brutality and looting and giant asteroid going to destroy the whole planet. It's just somebody it was just like all the things. Somebody posted a picture on Facebook of of Doctor Evil going. I was told there were going to be sharks with freaking lasers. On, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, is. So, uh, so the bad news uh, about us needing to very necessarily talk about what we talked about last time was that we uh, we did not get a chance to talk about the, like the giant buttload of Star Trek news that there is to talk about. Um, so, what I'm going to do because we this is going to be a, f- a short episode. Because uh, my uh, my family is crazy today, um, we're just going to go straight through the million things there are to talk about, and let's talk about the the newest and biggest news. Had you not heard, there's going to be a new Star Trek series. All right. <laughs> like, like and 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 it was right. It was so funny because it was right when when all of the protesting was starting that this news came out, and we're like, I want to talk about, it, I want to talk about it, but it just didn't seem the time. Um, so yeah, now there's we can... a lot of stuff that that was happening. I Not think that, that it was necessary. Was I think it was, I was involved in, and it was like I think that it was wise. I, I think I think that people wisely made space in the media for the stuff that needed to be said, which we did even on our show. Um, which was to go was to go hey there are other things that we would like to talk about um and that's sort of the point uh of of you know disruption and and disruptive protest the point is is to go hey i know you feel awfully comfortable talking about the stuff you want to talk about but that comfort is maybe not very star trekky of you um and in fact uh picard especially picard from the picard series would say to us because it is the picard series he would go get the fuck out of your chair 
Starfleet complacent fuck Starfleet fuck because they like to say that in that show um, and so we we want to be we want to be the Picards and not the Admiral blah 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 because there's always some shitty Star Trek Admiral ready Starfleet Admiral ready to tell us that it's better just to take a seat um, isn't there doesn't that seem yeah. to be like a running thing there's always a shitty Star Trek Admiral ready to be there like oh yeah, yeah but- every once in a while there's one that's like yeah I'm not gonna sugarcoat yeah. it this is a fucked up situation this is not but- a good deal shit's messed up but we still gotta do it yeah e- so here you know we go I mean? but you Usually you're right. It's it's, it's the other. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire I'm gonna fire the Genesis torpedo into our past through a wormhole into our past to resurrect on the Genesis planet. Five minutes go. How do you feel about Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, a brand new show taking place on the Enterprise, starring Pike, Number One, and Spock? Go. Oh, fucking love it. I, that. I t- what I tell you? I told you we were talking about all the the stuff that I felt like we spend off, and and I would watch that fucking show, and that was top top of the list. I was like, I want to watch that show. I love that. Uh, I love that Pike. I love Number One. Uh, you've gotten beyond board with Spock uh, and as long as they never ever encounter Kirk I am so on board so, and, yeah, and, we, it, and it opens up a whole lot of stuff that like it gives you that freedom to not be chained out because the thing is when you look at the original series um, except for the pilot uh, we know nothing of Spock or his you know term of service on the Enterprise so there's they can do whatever the fuck they want as long you know as long as they don't die you know what I mean like I mean and frankly number one could yeah, fr- and number one, I mean I will assume that they will introduce us to a cast of other characters that we would really enjoy um, sure to, but I'm who just, could all my- who could also die I guess the doctor if they introduce you the same doctor I'm going to talk about him in the mo- in a moment if they introduce the same doctor from the pilot he also can't die um, so we know that that Pike and number one, we know Pike. I can Pike. Not, none of them can die until after their uh, the Talos mission. Have they? Oh, they've already been on the Talos mission. Have haven't they? Have they? Yeah, they have. So they, all right. So so really, that's, and that's my point. They've already done. Pike and Spock. They've already yeah. done what we know is canon. So it allows them the freedom to be in that era that we that we like that we're like nostalgic for and like want to see. But it frees them from the shackles of all of the not all of but but a lot of the canon that would keep them from being able to do new stuff do aliens yeah, I think, new stuff so i'm gonna peel back the curtain here um we've discussed some of this before in uh in an episode that we ended up not publishing um so i'm gonna just get everyone up to speed onto what uh, onto where we had reached in our discussion which was uh, one that uh, the, this show we talked about how it was going to be episodic and not serialized in nature. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm hoping that it's a structure that's very much like Star Trek: The Next Generation, wherein there are overarching plot points. Like you can you can follow. Like if you wanted to just tell Star Trek: Worf, that's like eleven episodes from first season one to season seven that tells one big story. Same with Data. Uh, a little less with with Troy, but she's got some too. Where where the character moves from point A to point B over the course of the long haul, but with the exception of those things, like eighty percent of the episodes you can almost watch in any order. 
Um, and it sounds like that's, I, I don't want it to be just like TOS where you could literally watch it in any order. Um, because I do want to have some sense of through line and continuity throughout the show. Um, but I, but I think next gen found that it would be fun to have one where 80% of them are aliens of the week. And then you have, you know, a little bit of continuing storylines. Would you agree that that is sort of the format that you'd like to see? Yeah. Like I'm down with that format for sure. Um, the other thing we talked about, um, and this was a, I'll tell you, you know, so we don't have to argue it out again where we reached, which was Alexine are, are of differing opinions, um, of whether or not we should have legacy characters showing up in the show. Um, I started off by saying, well, you could have Kirk and so and so. And Alexia very wisely brought me around to the idea that this is a show that needs to stand on its own. And then we got into a fairly heated discussion where she made the very valid point that this is the galaxy and it should she should seem bigger than this. And frankly, by the time you get to DS9 or the rise of Skywalker and you're like, oh, the galaxy is only populated by about 80 people. And just those same 80 people. Yeah. Up over <laughs> and, even if, and even though in this particular scenario you've got Starfleet and that in and of itself is a uh, a smaller slice of the pie so to speak but still I it's still sort feel of, like it, it's sort I of would like be, I would rather it be referenced like cuz like, I have no problem with the reference and you're sitting next to you're sitting next to someone on a plane and they're like they're like they're like oh I'm from Virginia and you go or you say I'm from Virginia they're like oh do you know Pat Stevenson <laughs> You don't know. know Pat Stevenson. Like chances are fucking slim to none. It's just but, there are millions but, of people. Wait, but Pat? you you put that same scenario and it's like, did you hear about that some local news story or something that happened locally in Northern Virginia? And it'd be like, Oh my god, yeah, wasn't that crazy? So like that's where I think the sweet spot is. I think it is you can mention Kurt because he can have done a thing, gotten accolade, whatever, but but we don't see him and we don't talk to him and nobody knows it. That's yeah, I think and, and where that's I that's where, where I, I landed, think it lies. Where where it, I where I landed was was that you've already got keep in mind three legacy characters in that I'm not gonna count number one or the doctor who comes in because they're only one episode, but Sarek is all throughout Star Trek and will necessarily be part of this. And Pike, thanks to and Pike, thanks to the Star Trek 2009 movies. Um, also shows up multiple times throughout the universe. So you've already got three legacy characters that have been major focal points. And then you have the Doctor number one who you've seen before. And likely, you'll be running into Giorgio and, you know, essentially you can start counting the Discovery people as legacy characters because they're going to be people who show up from from um, Discovery are going to necessarily be part of this show. So you've got that already. But I did say that I do want to see some um, original series stuff. And this is where I landed after our discovery, uh, our discovery discussion. Listen to me. Um, I, I landed on maybe like season three. You get Sulu on board. Like it's like I, I'm OK with the I'm OK with the idea that the Enterprise didn't dump all of its crew except for Spock when Kirk came on. I'm OK. with Yeah, the idea like that- I'm a, uh, there. There are other characters that I am OK with because that makes sense right that, that not makes sense. just like, but here's the thing not being in the not being in the 
um, the where they are, not being in their current position. Because I feel like, for instance, Sulu and um, and they make a, they, they joke frequently about Chekhov and his how his youth and how he's kind of been brought in. So, um, but Sulu you could bring in, but I think he has to be not on the bridge. I think that has to be something he works up to, and by enterprise by the time Kirk is the you know maybe it could be something that happens towards the end. But Sulu of could be in the Chekhov the position. Sulu could be yeah, in the Chekhov like, position. Like that's what still I'm on like the bridge. I would You've always you always have a young person on the bridge. I mean, Crusher is on the bridge. Yeah, ensigns are on the bridge. Sure, the I'm just saying. I want to. That's what those characters. I'm. They are less like like you lucked out. You like I said, you got your two Kirks. You you were lucky to to have another Kirk and have it work. Don't push your fucking luck. And you've got these other characters that you can now have on other parts of the ship and and show that how they became part of the bridge crew. So this that, is where I this, this is the one place one one place where where I could see being okay with almost all of the original series characters, including Kirk, showing up. At the end of year four, they show up the way Discovery showed up at the end of this. And in the fifth year, because this is the, the second five-year mission, in the fifth year, as we're getting to the end of of this show, as we're getting to the end of Strange New Worlds, you, uh, you introduce, you know, let's say number one goes off and she has her own ship. And just like you had at the second season of Discovery, now you have, you know how like Discovery had the Enterprise and Discovery on, so now you've got the Enterprise and I let's give her, I don't know, I'll call her the Stargazer or whatever you want to call it. Um, so she has her own ship and you've brought in a a you know a first officer Kirk and 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 like at the like right at the end of season four as you lead into the end of this show leading directly into the beginning of like I could see that being a way to go but again who no. knows where th- no because his first officer is Spock so uh, what I see the way I see it is if by the end of this the lifeline of this series number one what his happens first is number one is his first officer not Spock. Spock isn't P- Pike's first officer. Can I know that? Can I finish? I was talking about. I was talking about pronouns are difficult. Kirk. Okay, Kirk, got it. Um, I I'm saying what you show in the end of the life cycle of this show, ideally, is number one gets her own ship and moves on, and Spock gets promoted to the number one position from where he is because he's not currently and then there is because you could do this without actually having to physically have Kirk you could have a picture of him um you could have a picture of Pike you could have a Pike going over like having a you know a, like a pad with a picture of Kirk and a service record and kind of telling everybody so this is the guy that's going to be your new captain I expect you to treat him with the same respect and loyalty that you and bravery and wonderfulness or whatever that you've shown me that's what it should look like and then at the very end the last shot you digitally take like Forrest Gump style uh, like Kirk walking on the bridge young Shatner walking on the bridge from the original series and have him walking onto the bridge of Strange New Worlds and he, like as he's as he's walking on like oh I get it and you digitally change his costume to match everybody else's costume but you keep the the rest of him the same so you actually see him walk on as the last moment of Strange New Worlds I could deal I could 
could dig that. Like I think if CG's would... done well enough, I could be okay with that. My point I, is, you don't even need it. You can, but do I, it, but I, like I, said. I do want to see that it would make sense that some of the legacy characters would eventually be on this ship by the end of this show. That makes sense. Like, yeah. if you're if you're, so, so, and you Uhura, could even have some of them that he brought Uhura? that he decided to bring with him. Like, can I? Put, there's can a, I put there's a lot there? of of there's a lot of possibilities there. Can I put this out there? Uhura has never gotten her due. With all respect to yeah, Zoe and I've been thinking about this what, whole time. Like we could what, what, really Zoe Zeldana, show who, Zoe Zeldana did a great job, and they made the attempt to make her cooler. But she when the, by making her Spock's girlfriend, and that's what it was kind of about. Like she and Spock it lessened her in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I like to 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 have her come in. You get another actress to come in to play her, and you make her an essential part of the bridge crew. Um, because I feel like they almost gave her. They almost made her awesome in Star Trek three. And then they just, and then Star Trek six, they almost made her awesome, but they're always pulling back. Cause you know, like not, not to, not to shit on Shatner, you know, it, it was a different time in acting, but you got to give the, you got to give the lines to Shatner. And if not Shatner anymore. So like, like I sort of feel like she is a character who has never even in the new movies gotten her chance to shine. So making her a key, a key part of this crew, you know, make her mm-hmm. the data, make her the most interesting person in the room. Um, well, and I, I think even show her, her rise to her position. Yeah. Like exactly. I think that would be a very interesting story. I would love to see that story. And and the other person I'd like to see is Sulu. And I think in a in a world where we yeah. live like like right now where 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 you know it, people are going, hey, it's t- it's time to give black people, especially black women, their due. And also I have enough friends who are Asian American who who have expressed to me that they that they also so if you if you make Sulu a an Asian character and you can make him gay because because in in the in the show he was not, and actually it's funny because um because uh to came out and said that he never considered Sulu to be gay. He thought Sulu was straight. He had a problem with that shot in Star Trek Beyond where um where Sulu had a husband. Gay. Um, but if you go okay, but that you know that we're imagining him this way too. You have a gay Asian character and a black woman on the bridge, and they're and they're because they are the legacy characters. They are to this what Worf was to Deep Space Nine. Like when they're on this show there's a heavy focus on them so they finally get the due that the character should have gotten all along and and you know people who have waited to see themselves properly represented within star trek um you know especially especially you know the asian american characters you know you know god knows that harry kim didn't help um and garrett wong would be the first garrett wong would be the first person to tell you that he felt slighted i think it would be interesting to see them to see them on the ship eventually but not right away i think i think one comes in season three one comes in season four let the show stand on its own and then and then slowly phase them in you know every other season yeah like that's what i'm saying like i don't want this show like i believe that the pike number one and and this new version of spock that they have given us is is a very is a strong enough base to just do the show you don't need and i I feel like they do this out of fear you don't need to prop up what's already good by oh, oh, oh here's some fan thing here's this fan thing it's like stop you're trying too hard it's 
it's good enough to stand on its own. That's why you're making the show. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Let me get, let me uh, tell you another interesting thing that came up. So the uh, the the character we're talking about when we say the doctor, his name is Doctor Boyce. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that that his name is Doctor Boyce from the pilot. I would as Doctor Boyce. Um, actors are are not actors. Fans are 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 clamoring uh, for Jeffrey Combs to play Doctor Boyce, and I would be so on board. I want Jeffrey that would Combs. Be great. Yeah. To, because if you look at the picture of Jesse, Jeffrey Combs now, an older Jeffrey Combs, he looks like him. He sort of has that very theatrical way about him that Dr. Boyce kind of had. And and frankly, I, I have loved that. I, I've loved sort of the inside joke of Jeffrey Combs showing up in every Star Trek show. Showing up everywhere. And sometimes yeah. more than once in, in, in a particular <laughs> series. Episode. Yeah. He, no, he is, he is in the final episode of DS9. He is both Brunt and he's Wayun. Like, yeah, um, I love I fucking love that, and I love I love. And Jeff he was Nicole. on Voyager, and he was on Discovery. Or yeah, on I mean, I loved him. So, I mean, I think the thing I've known him from, I've always known him from, is Frighteners. Like my body is a roadmap of pain, or, and I just or I've Reanimator. Loved him. Go earlier, Reanimator. He is the Reanimator. He is, but I never, I had never seen that, and when I saw uh, um, the Reanimator. Uh, like I saw the cover and I was like is that Jeffrey Holmes I was like holy shit I have to watch this movie um it's fucking awesome and and I love in like I I have been super obsessed just playing hardcore uh Injustice 2 with all my chicks and I love him as the voice of Brainiac and he's he's just it's so obviously him and he's awesome and they do like a thing to his voice but even still it's like that's Jeffrey and I like it um so I'm I'm all about him and I'm I would be down because because previously, I feel like every other iteration in Star Trek, he's maybe not the the bad guy, but he's he's not the good guy either, you know. And I think by making him the Doctor, he is. I put. I feel like that will squarely put him in good guy territory. And if you and, think he can't do it, I challenge you to watch. Oh, I the, know uh, he can. Watch I know watch, he watch can. the episode of Deep Space Nine where he's the Wayun clone who goes good. Um, and he can immediately. Uh, Shran was such a caustic character, but in in that role you saw uh, you, uh, the face of a character you'd come to hate and by the end of the episode you were so on his side um, yep. and, I, he, and he, that's what I'm saying like he has got what it takes yes. and he has been he has had a he's, he's had a, a, a good career as a character actor being kind of the bad guy the gray guy whatever and I think it would just it would be for him you know but the actor in me is like let the guy be the good guy let him let him be not a side character in the same way let him not be you know some recurring character let him be the doctor let him be there and then knowing that you have him means you can take the doctor dark you know sort of in a in a sort of shepherd book from firefly type of way like the doctor has a past that you don't know about which is Uh of course what you can explore in season three that's what you do is right you like it's i will say this one uh, encounter of farpoint is not a great episode of tv as a point of fact i will say Uh that i think that encounter of farpoint is not very good as an episode of television it has big ideas and it does interesting things but as just like it's slowly paced it's oddly paced the characters are sometimes just saying things that the sort of things that characters that people would like keep in their heads the characters are are just they speak all of their emotions out loud immediately but i excuse it because what it does so very well is it plants every seed that you need so so when data just goes but i'd give it all up to be human like he, he puts it out there 
there and just says it. And mm-hmm. and every character says what they want. You know, you know, how does and within the third episode, you know, how's that visor feel? Oh, it hurts all the time. Okay, we know that, he, that the visor is something to overcome. He wants to become human, something to overcome. Picard, I don't like children. Okay, so he has a problem being a family man, which of course by the end of the of next gen, he is sort of a family person. You know, you know, Imzadi, good to see you. We were lovers before. You know, okay, so that's a really so we, what you've done is you've done the very first episode set up all the thi- all the pins that you're going to knock down later and i think by having jeffrey combs write like if you look at a perfect pilot um uh the pilot for firefly does the same thing sets up all the conflicts but does it so gracefully and i think that just having jeffrey combs there as the guy with a dark past and you know how you do this right he seems like a good guy but there's something off about him then it seems like he's gonna be the bad guy but then when you think the show's gonna turn right and making the bad guy it turns left you turns out no he was really the good guy all along and then you love him more than you even it's sort of like what you did with with Odo right then you love him even more than you did before like just having him cast as the doctor one you know what he's going to give you as an actor and two he carries I don't want to say baggage he carries with him such a wealth of um of subtext that that you can either play into that for the fans or play against that and in either case it's better than bringing on rando actor to do it so i think yep. that, that that i'm on the side of this guy getting that role also because he's just such a welcome presence and i know that every time he does something we're like oh i love him he's so good yep, have you I watched do. westworld by the way have you watched westworld at all uh no i don't have hbo all right so first of all <coughs> find one of those like hbo uh like seven day thing and you'll watch all of westworld in seven days um uh-huh. um, um the cast on westworld is crazy alexi it's crazy it's evan rachel Wood and James Marsden, along with uh, Jeffrey Wright, who f- plays uh, Felix Leiter uh, um, in the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Um, along with him, uh, you have uh, um, uh, Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie from Thor, and Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's the cast. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I know, and it, and they have people showing up for like two or three lines, like like Michael Wincott, the bad guy from The Crow, the the brother from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, will cut you with a spoon. The uh, the you know the the captain of the ship on Alien Resurrection, you know who I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm, I do. That yeah, guy, mm-hmm. he shows up for two scenes that are like three minutes long each time. You could have gotten anyone to play this character, but the fact that it's Michael Win- Wincott, one, he rules those scenes. And two, you're like, they just got Michael Wincott, Wincott out of mothballs just to do this because they can. Because they can. Because So, like, so the show fucking is like, HBO and they're just coming off fucking the, high so, yeah, Game of Thrones. This is, this is as good as Game of Thrones. And I will tell you, I bring it up because Je- Jeffrey Combs. Anthony Hopkins comes into a scene and he'll have like two lines in the scenes. Like here's a here's a line that he has. Someone asks him goes go, like who I, I do understand the concept of Westworld. Do you know what the concept is? Yeah, yeah, you know, I've seen the movie. I just okay, so 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 okay, so he is the the Anthony Hopkins is the guy who runs the park. And at uh, one point, one of the robots from the park is being is being worked on and 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 looks doesn't understand what's going on and looks at him with the southern voice and goes goes, "How about you? Are you and I friends, you and I?" And just looks at him and and, and and he he just looks at her and goes he goes no I wouldn't say that we're friends no I wouldn't say that at all I just like I can't do it justice but the way he does it like you're just like oh my gosh he just said no I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say that we're friends I wouldn't say that at all and literally it's good enough to be a trailer moment. <laughs> 
because yeah, just the way he delivers it. Just say you're not worthy. You're not human. You're not. You but that's just the that's just the line, and it, 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 it reminds me of of there's this shot in DS9 where where there's a there's a bay sweep or I call it Michael Bay sweep where a camera does a 180 degree um, dolly around somebody as Jeffrey Combs is folding his arms as Wayun and looking over to the side and I'm like just doing that everything Jeffrey Combs does is great bring him on the show um uh, so that's that's the biggest news, of course, is that brand new Star Trek show. Um, and where we landed last time uh, was specifically this. Our hope for Star Wars, when Disney first announced Rogue One, if you listen to the podcast, what we talked about, because they also said that they were doing Solo. And we're like, oh, so they can do like Skywalker, that, that kind of Star Trek film. They'll give us one of those every two or three years. But in between, they'll do like Marvel and you'll get a toy different kind of Star Wars film in between. So this one's going to be a war movie and then you have a regular old Star Wars film. And then this one's going to be a heist movie. You have a regular old Star Wars film. This one's going to be, oh, this one's going to be a, a comedy and then a regular Star Wars. And that's what you thought you were going to get. And then one, Kathleen Kennedy, I don't want to say she blew it on the regular old Star Wars films. I love the new trilogy. Um, uh, I will say it's lessening in my esteem for it as time has gone on. I found that I, I do love it and in my memory, I love it, but I don't ever want to sit and rewatch it. And I even kind of want to rewatch the prequel trilogy, but not it. There's something that it's missing. Uh, I can't figure out really? what. I can't um, imagine that. Um, you know what I think it is? The prequel, you know, it's the interesting thing about movies that are filled with flaws. They're still interesting. You know, a, a movie that's a, that, that like you think it's an, a, an F, I think it's an A, but it's something. You know, there's something that's more interesting about that than a than a movie that's like a solid B minus that like it's like, oh, this, you know, like like it's like going to a restaurant that like half the group hates and half the group loves. But that's going to be interesting for all parties more than an Applebee's. And and you know the the Disney trilogy, the Applebee's of Star Wars movies. Um, it's like Applebee's. It's pretty good. That's the that's the new Applebee's. The Applebee's phrase that we're getting out of the. Uh, we shouldn't be getting out of the quarantine. What the fuck are we doing? But but uh, but that if they wanted people, they, if they want to get people to come back, they can go. Hey, one COVID's not so bad, and also Applebee's. It's okay. <laughs> Applebee's, we're pretty good. <laughs> Applebee's, we're nobody's least favorite. Um, so Applebee's, <laughs> we do okay. Uh, Applebee's, it's a restaurant. Um, so, <laughs> but what we never quite got that because you know Rogue One, for all the wonderful things it was, did not commit to making the war movie, and by the end, it looked and felt like a Star Wars movie. And Solo didn't commit to doing the heist movie, and by the end, it looked and felt like a Star Wars movie. Um, and we never really got it. I feel like Star Trek may be able to give us that thing that Marvel did so well. Think about it. There was a year where we got Doctor Strange, trippy Doctor Strange, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Avengers Endgame, which is, you know, which is an Infinity War, which is deep kind of dark stuff. Those are three very different movies. And we go two years back further before that, you have, you know, Captain America Civil War and Spider-Man are like, it's, they're so different from one another. And I feel like Star Trek is like, like, hey, we have a dark, serialized, serious show about the future in Discovery. We have a show that hits you in all the nostalgic feels, but is trying to be the adult version of the kids show that you used to love in Picard. You've got this, you've got the episodic 
Republic, this makes you feel like the original series, Strange New World, and you're getting Star Trek Lower Decks, which is a full-on comedy, and just going, hey, we're going to give you all kinds of Star Trek, and if you're super fans like us, you'll watch all of it, but maybe some people just watch a couple of them here and there. I think that that is, it's so wise, because that is something that you can hang your hat on and go, well, you're not going to get, you know, the dreaded franchise fatigue that you got before, where, where you know, my biggest, you know, you and I have different complaints about, about Voyager and about Enterprise, but I stand by this. The reason that Enterprise is not as good as Voyager is simply this. Enterprise is just Voyager in another ship, and Voyager is just next gen in another ship with some little details in between. They're the same people writing the same scripts with the same music and the same effects, writing pretty much the same plots in different locations. And there's just this sameness. Rick Berman and Brandon Braga kind of making the same show and what DS DS9 feels the way it does because they gave Ron Moore um, and Iris Taven Bear when the show wasn't doing well. They're like, okay, we'll just keep it on the air and do whatever you're going to do. And that's why it feels different because that's the one that the creative team was different on. And now that you have different creative teams across the board deliberate going, deliberately saying we're doing different shows, I think that is a recipe for longevity for Star Trek. Do we agree? Disagree? Your thoughts? Yeah. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Okay. <laughs> Apologies, I'm not all. I'm not party on, Wayne. Here to- <laughs> party on. <laughs> Um, I uh, I posted this. I'm going to see if I can find this on my Facebook. Well, I think you'll appreciate this thing that I wrote. Um, as you know, I have children. I've done a fair job of raising my children in um and all the things uh, that I loved and children of the 80s. Uh, they are certainly or at least offspring of the 80s. I did write the other day. The kids today will never know the story of two metalheads with a cable access show who embarrass an arcade owner. So a network executive offers them a primetime deal, but they balk because of ads for Reebok and Nuprin. And in a side plot, the lead is jealous as his girlfriend shoots a music video. So Wayne's World just doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> Wayne's World uh, is, a f- is officially a period piece. How did that happen? Yeah, that's some fucking like, brain melty type shit. How, how, do you, how do you explain to a kid? No, no, no. You see, it used to be shows were on, on primetime. What's primetime? Well, it was what a neck. What's a network? Okay, we see where they go. What's an arcade? Stop it! Stop it! You're hurting me. Stop! Stop! I just want to stop aging, please. <laughs> um, I, so, um, okay. So the uh, um, the last thing that I want to um, come in to talk about is uh, is that we have been having all sorts of amazing things. You know, the 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 quarantine's been rough on everyone. Um, and one way that people are getting through it is you can find any number of Zoom panels with Trek actors that are out there getting together and doing stuff. And it's really, really pretty neat. Um, they did a Voyager reunion um, and then they had a bunch of Star Trek people getting together like across. So I think in this one they had, uh, I'm just looking at it here. It looks like they've got, uh, I'm going to name the character names because you know them. Kira, Bashir, Data, Troy, Saru, and I can't see who else is on there. But just like, because these actors don't have to leave their home and be like, it used to be a huge deal to get them together to do one panel. And you can go on and just see like any number of Star Trek panels um, of like combinations of people you never thought you'd be able to see together. And I think that's that's a pretty neat thing uh, to see. The other thing I want to tell people to look out for, somebody, do you know what a deep fake is, Alexia? Uh, uh, did you say a deep fake? A deep fake. Are you familiar with the concept of deep fakes? No. Okay. 
a deep fake is uh, where an AI algorithm uh, gets tons and tons and tons of pictures of a person and figures out what their face looks like. And then the al- the algorithm can look at any face that's in media and replace that face with the other face. So there are lots of these things where they put like Nicolas Cage in every role in a movie and just put his uh-huh. face in on top of everyone. Um, these are everywhere and people have shown like how they fixed Jeffrey, uh, no, sorry, um, Henry Cavill's terrible mustache in Justice League by just doing a deep fake of him instead of trying to animate his face. Um, so look up when you get a chance, a deep fake as somebody put young Leonard Nimoy over Zachary Quinto in Star Trek. Hmm. It's mind boggling because it just looks like Leonard Nimoy, but Leonard Nimoy doing Zachary Quinto's expressions as Spock. It's, it's, it wrapped my head in circles. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, but it was, it was something that I really, really enjoyed. Um, again, you know, things, Star Trek things to entertain yourself in between series as this is all going on. Um, and we're all sort of stuck in our houses um i hope that these come out soon uh because i you know i frankly need some more star trek in my life because i'm still stuck in my house ladies and gentlemen so that is it that's what i got uh do you have any thoughts uh before we wrap up this fine completely star trek focused of trek off you thought we couldn't do it oh i have one more thing that's not uh star trek to talk to you about um Uh, last thing um there is uh and i don't know where to find it so i don't know if you were to look on amazon it might be worth paying um uh it looks like they're raising money through kickstarter so i don't know when and if it'll be available they're making a documentary called in search of tomorrow the definitive 80s sci-fi documentary and the cover of it uh is just shows a boy standing next to a bike looking over a hill that looks like the uh it looks like it looks like elliot standing next to his bike looking over a hill from um uh at the motel from um last starfighter and in the sky is each spaceship the space shuttle the enterprise uh the delorean the last starfighter um the millennium falcon uh the winnebago from Spaceballs, like all of them and it's it's a giant it's a giant documentary about 80 sci-fi and i'm excited to hear that this is coming up so i just thought i would share that as well in our sci-fi oh, yeah, future. That, that sounds like cool dude. yeah so okay well that's all i have for today uh and if you have nothing else then uh my name remains justin <laughs> Trek off! Trek off, bitches! Just one more reminder before you go to go to Totally Super on wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whatever you're listening to this on, search for Totally Super and hear me and Arthur review every superhero movie ever made. It's an awesome show. I think you'll love it. Okay, thanks for listening.